good morning, everyone. Um, we're continuing our study in Romans. Will God surprise in missions? And Christians are under sin in the flesh. <clears throat> we started this section. I was thinking about that a couple late, earlier today. And we started in Romans about two years ago, I think. In January, maybe two and a half years, um, and we finally got through this section, this really, really hard section, or we're getting through it actually, hopefully we'll finish it today, um, of where Paul just really bears down on sin of man. And for me, it's been a really, it's been a good study, it's been difficult, because each group of people we've identified <clears throat> and their sin against the holy God has just been a weight on me. I just I, I just understand sin much greater now than I did before and how it's a truly an aggression against God, a holy God. <clears throat> And just to remind you once again that those groups we looked at are the pagans, you know, back in chapter 1, verses, start in verses 19 and following, the pagan who doesn't want anything to do with God, they've um, educated themselves, educated God out of their minds, and then that second group, which was in the beginning of chapter 2, who were the the moral people, the moral people that said, you know what, I don't really need God. I can figure out how to do right and wrong on my own. I don't need God for that. And then we saw, we looked at the religious Jew um, who, you know, rested in the carnal things. They rested in, you know, because God called them, then they're special. Because God called them, because God gave them the word, they're special and they should automatically receive salvation. And we looked at the folly of that just because they were given that didn't make them less responsible, it made them more responsible because God had given them the word. And the word is what leads to salvation. Then we... Um, Begin this section, which is in uh, chapter 9, or chapter 3 and verse 9. Um, we see, we're going to see that he's going to identify a fourth group of people. A fourth group. And before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. I'm getting tongue-tied up here. So, let's pray and maybe I'll get over that. Father, again... <clears throat> We thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that your goodness is revealed in it and your wrath and your, your righteousness is revealed. Father, we thank you and we praise you for that. And Father, we ask that you would help us today that you would magnify the sin in our hearts and our lives. Help us to understand how sinful sin is against you, a holy God, a holy, holy, holy God. 
And Father, just show us our need that we need you. Father, we just thank you for that. We thank you that you did all the work. We thank you that you're the first cause. We praise you that you're the initiator of salvation. And Father, we just pray that you'd help us today, that we would just rely on you. Father, help us to see you in your holiness, but in your grace. And Father, we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. begin reading, we'll begin reading in uh, chapter 3, verse 9 of Romans, and it says, uh, what then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have been, we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursings and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. The way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Notice in this passage that we read, there's a lot of inclusive terms. Uh, we no notice that he uses the word we, inclusive, all, another inclusive tongue, word, and he uses the word none, a negative, but yet it's still inclusive. And the first question we ask ourselves is, who is he talking to? Who is he talking to? Who, what is this fourth group that Paul has identified here? And he tells us there, he says, he's using that inclusive word, we. That's amazing. That's will God surprise in missions? 
When Paul is talking about sin, he uses the word we. It's amazing. Who's the we? It's those people that's with Paul. He's talking about Christians. He's talking about the people he's writing the letter to, Christians. We. He's talking to Everglades Baptist Church. We. He says, he asks that rhetorical question, um, what then are we better than they? And who are the they? The they is all the ones he's been talking about. The the four or the three groups I talked about earlier. You know, the pagans, the moral man, the religious Jew. Are we be any better than they are? And he answers, he's no. In no wise are we better than they. Just because we come to church, we're still under sin. We're sinful. And if you look down in verse 20, he says it's the sin of the flesh. He's talking about the flesh. He's not talking about the righteousness that God has given each Christian, but he's talking about that flesh. And later on in Romans, we'll, we'll dig into that a little deeper, what Paul is talking about. But he's talking about the flesh. That flesh we walk around with, that heart, that corrupt heart that we have, that's the sin he's talking about. And notice how he describes that sin. He says, there is none righteous. That inclusive word, none? No, not one. Why did he say it that way? He could have just said, there's none righteous. Why did he include, no, not one? We included it for me, for sure. Because I always thought I was the exception to that. And we think we're the exception to that. There's none righteousness, righteous, no, not one. He says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, verse 20 says, therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified. That's what he's talking about, our flesh. That part of us that wants to continue in sin. And I heard a preacher this week talking about this a little bit, and he said that why do we do righteousness? Why do we do righteous things? Why did we do good things? Why do you do good things? Because you want to. Why do why do I sin? Why do you sin? Because I want to. We always do the things we want to do. And that's the battle that we have in our Christian life. Battling sin is our want to. And thank God that he gave us a wanter that wants to please him too. He gave us the ability want to do something different. 
is saying that no Christian is justified in the flesh. The body is not righteous before God. Our flesh is not righteous. It's sinful. Then he goes on to say, he says, There is none that understandeth. What he's saying is that they're ignorant. We're ignorant. They do not know the righteousness of God. They don't understand the complete righteousness of God. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I can't know it. Because I want to deceive myself into thinking uh, there's some good in me and there's not. <clears throat> Therefore the in verse 20 again, it says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. There's none that understandeth. They're ignorant. Our flesh wants to proclaim our own goodness. There is none that seeks after God, the next phrase in verse 11. The nature, the natural man does not seek after God. When the natural man seeks after God, he comes up empty. We saw that in verse chapter 1, verses 19 and following. When the natural man wants to have a God, they made up things. They, they made four-footed beasts, and they made images, and they carved images. There's none that seeketh after God. They are all, they're all gone out of the way. The way we go is not toward God. Our path is to please ourselves. Our flesh leads us to do things that we want to do. And you might say, well, Pastor Jim, I saw God. How else did I find him? If I didn't seek God, how did I find God? Simply put, is what Jesus said in John chapter 6, he says, there's no man comes unto me except the Father draw them except the Father draw them. And some translations, and there's some teaching out there that says that God woos people. There's one understanding of that word draw is to woo them. And that same word is used in James chapter 2, I think. It talks about the rich dragging you to, to court It's the same word as he uses in this chapter where he says draw. In James he says drag. So what, would it make any sense if the rich were to woo you to court? They drag you. 
And that's what God did for us. <laughs> he is the initiator of salvation. He gives us a new heart, and we come. He drags us. <clears throat> Praise God for that, y'all. <laughs> he drug us. Verse 12, he goes on to say there, says they all, they are all gone out of the way. The way we go is not towards God. Our path is to please ourselves. Our flesh leads us to do things that we want to do. Verse 12, he continues, he says, they are all unprofitable. Unprofitable is like sour milk. What can you do with sour milk? Not much, just throw it away. I don't know if you've ever made cereal and put milk on it and took that first bite and found out it was sour. It wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't. Back in, in the Northeast, back in the day, when they had dairies up there, they would take the sour milk and they'd mix clay with it, red clay with it, and they'd paint their barn with it. I mean, that's about the only use that sour milk is good for. That's why you see all those old pictures of barns up there that they're red. They mix it with clay and painted their milk with it. Painted their barn with red sour milk. Our, our nature does not love the Lord with all of our heart. We love ourselves. We certainly do not love our neighbor as ourselves all the time. Then he goes on, he talks about our conversation. The first part was our um, character. Now he talks about our conversation. He says, their throat is an open, our throat is an open sepulcher. And the sepulchre is a grave. What could be more revolting than a grave that's continually open with a rotting body in it, a rotting corpse? He's talking about our conversation. With the tongues we have used deceit. David says that we come forth from the womb speaking lies. you think about a baby and how does a baby tell a lie there's a lot of babies in our church how do your babies tell a lie well you put them in their room with a fresh diaper on and a full bottle and they start crying like something's wrong as soon as you walk in there they quit crying they're speaking lies The poison of ass is under their lips. The poison of snakes is under their lips. You know, 
I'm guilty of it. I've said a lot of things that were just like poison to other people. Speaking lies, speaking poison. Whose mouth is full of cursings, verse 14. You don't have to be among people very long and you'll hear that. This cursing. Then the third thing he talks about is our conduct. He says, their feet are swift to shed blood. This verse 15. The Prover Proverbs 1.16 says, For their feet run to do evil, to make haste to shed blood. Stru destruction and misery are in their ways. Isaiah 59.7 and 8 says, Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity, wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they know not. And there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. That's God's people. And the way of peace they have not known. Man never seeks peace. We've never known peace. Any given time in the world, there's thousands of wars and conflict going on. I mean, we're trying to wrap up a 20-year war that we've been in in America. That's just the one we know about. What about all the others we're involved in? In Africa, Asia, Philippines. Our flesh doesn't want peace. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Men want to put God out of their minds. We want to put God out of our minds. And we come to verses 19 and 20, which is the whole purpose of what the law is. He says there in verse 19, it says, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. That's the purpose of the law. That's the purpose of what Paul is talking about. You know, I don't know if you noticed that when we began this in Romans chapter 1, up until Romans 3, 9, Paul didn't use any scripture at all. But when we got to verse 10, Paul used scripture and he just let it rip on us. There's like nine verses there of the Old Testament that he cited pointing out the sinfulness of God's people, that flesh that wants to sin. And that's what the purpose of the law is, to reveal sin. Verse 20, it says, Therefore by the deeds of the laws there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. That's the purpose. We're seeking justification, but we cannot be justified in our flesh. 
We cannot be justified by keeping the law. We cannot be justified by any goodness in us. Because it's not our goodness, it's God's goodness we got to try to meet. We can never make it there. We'll never make it there. It's God's goodness. And by the way, it's God's goodness that he provided salvation. And next week, I'll give you the good news. We'll start in the good news next week. But this week, I don't want to leave you just hanging. If your sin is weighing on your heart right now, that's the Holy Spirit working in you. He's calling you to repent. Calling you to repent. And have faith. Put your faith in Christ. Put your faith in that Christ will give you a new heart that has the ability not to sin. You're feeling that today. Turn to God in repentance and faith today and trust Him. Put your faith in Him that He can save you all the way to heaven, not to this next week, but all the way to heaven. Let's stand and we'll pray. Father, again, we thank you that you didn't hold back when you inspired Paul to write this down. That even your people have a nature that wants to sin. And we battle against it. Help us to battle against that nature. Father, help us to see your glory and your mercy and your grace and your righteousness. Father, help us to repent. Give us repentance. And Father, we just thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's remain standing for our last song.